passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody. It is John Pollock. And Wei Ting. And Wei, how was your weekend? Oh, pretty uneventful. I, fe- I feel like you. I'm on your sleeping schedule at the moment. Are you? How much sleep have you had yesterday? I have been getting... About- I don't know if you can tell. I just woke up. I can definitely tell you just woke <laughs> up, Wei. From the time I knocked on your door half an hour ago to yeah. now, I know you I just woke up. I slept maybe like three hours. I slept for four Oh. So I've got you beat by an hour. It's it's funny because you're the one with the child, so you actually have an ex- excuse. I don't really. But, um, okay, tell me about your, your past couple days. How was your Christmas, by the way? Merry Christmas. Oh, thank you. Christmas was uh, outstanding. Yeah? It what, was great. What did you get? Uh, well, Max got a car. Oh. It's a toy car that he can sit in. Wow. It's actually, it's you sit on you're sitting on the floor and the car is around you. Yeah. But he grabbed the wheel, and the wheel then just makes all these noises and songs. It was and quite the moment, way. He's into it? He, he really was. Wow. He loved this thing. That was a big hit, as was a, a banana. It's a toothbrush, but he doesn't have teeth yet, so he just, like, sucks on it. A toothbrush, but he doesn't have teeth yet. Yes. How adorable. You got wow. to scrub your gums as well. Mm. Well, I so guess it's those are the two big hits. It's kind of nice to not have to brush your teeth, but it's also nice to have teeth as well. Yes. What's not nice is the process of the teeth coming in, which Ooh. we're probably due for very yeah. soon. But I asked you what you got, not what your kid got. Oh, okay. Well, I, I defer to my, uh, what he got. Uh, myself, what did I get? I got uh, new wireless headphones. Ooh, nice. Beats by Way. Great brand. All right. I got those. Are they Very o- nice. over the ear headphones? No. Well, they're in ear headphones. In the ear. Drew, wife got you those? Yes, she did. Yeah. She actually asked me, <laughs> not for Christmas, but like it was maybe for your birthday one year. Hey, what are some what's something John would like? And uh I, I said like you, said, you gave a. You probably gave a ridiculous answer no, first. She's like, she's like, should I get him headphones? And I'm like, he loves vinyl. <laughs> no, she she's like, should I get him headphones? And she's like, should I get him wireless headphones? And I'm like, I don't know if he would know how to pair them on Bluetooth, but I guess she can. <laughs> she will figure it out for you. What a dick. <laughs> no, you'll you you'll really enjoy that. You'll really enjoy that. That's really nice. Um, you know what I got? What did you get? I got a new website. Oh. I got a new message board. And I got a new Patreon with several, several people supporting it. I leased a cafe, actually. Oh, you did? Yeah, that's actually... Oh, you only leased it. Uh, well, oh. 
I, th- I think we've outright bought it. <laughs> what a weekend, boy. What a crazy, crazy weekend. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't even think it's really sunken in, really. Um, it's just been the launch of postwrestling.com, where hopefully you're listening to this, um, has been like beyond, I guess, both of our uh, wildest predictions. I'm trying to come up with a good uh, comparison. I feel it's like we had like some indie film that we were just going to go put up on YouTube. Clerks. Yeah. <laughs> I feel <Indie> like clerks. <laughs> and it ended up uh, blowing away expectation levels, which I don't even know if I really had. Some people asked me, they're like, well, what did you expect going in? I was like, I honestly gave it zero thought. I, t- I went in with the idea that, well, the worst we can do. Because that's how I typically think is like, what's the worst that could happen here? Zero people sign up. Yeah. I thought of that. And I was like, well, that would be a clear message that we really messed this Patreon launch up and we have to go right back to the drawing board. That's kind of all I thought. I don't even know if it would have meant that to me. To me, it would have just meant that, oh, okay, well. No one wants to pay to listen to which is totally anything. F- which is totally fine. Like I'm, I'm happy just to do it as long as I'm getting some response from an audience, and no, one, no, just knowing that there's somebody listening. Okay, I'm totally fine with it. Um, the fact that anybody would be willing to spend money on this is like, I think that I, I that surprised me actually. I'm like, what? <laughs> people like you guys like there are people that like this this much. We're just talking about wrestling. What the fuck? Um, the moment of John and I actually discovering and finding out our first patron was actually filmed because, uh, for those of you who are on the Patreon, patreon.com slash post wrestling, uh, those of you members of the double double tier, uh, you, uh, of course we are starting to do some video journaling, video blogging, and you will kind of get to see a lot of these major moments on film. And we decided to just record ourselves as we were launching the website before the clock struck midnight and we recorded ourselves a bit after that and like not four minutes after as we were looking into the my cell phone about to sign off to, to from the video i get a mail notification telling me that somebody had signed up for our patreon and i was like holy shit like you, you you'll get to see our reaction and it's just like yeah it was awesome it was, it was a it was pretty like, genuine reaction it was emotional man like just even just even like oh a guy like decided to pay six dollars for, for something that, like, you know, he believed in. Or, um, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. It's a weird feeling. So thank you. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, it's been um, j- just uh, monitoring all of this over the last couple of days. It's It just seems like we are in a, um, it's, like, it's, a, it's a change. It's a big change. It's a it's- change, man. It really is. Like, I felt like, okay, my goal is, like, in six months, if we can kind of make this somewhat sustainable then I'll I'll be I'll have reached my goal. And I feel like we can hit that way earlier than six months. Wait, and I didn't think we'd be here like within six months. We put up our first goal of fifty people signing up. Mm-hmm. And, and you hit, people were unbelievable. You hit it within the hour. Yeah. So it's crazy. It it's been a a crazy couple of days. Uh for some people out there Maybe we do have to catch them up to speed a bit because we do have mm-hmm. our brand new, beautiful website. If you've been away for like the past two weeks, you're like... If you were on vacation somewhere that didn't have Wi-Fi or yeah. internet access and you're just catching up on 
Oh, Christmas Raw. Yeah. John and Wayne Four Dot Life. <laughs> what happened to these Forever. guys? Uh you get, maybe you have looked up on iTunes where I am I kid you not, since Thursday, we are still the number one sports podcast in Canada. Way. Really? Damn. We didn't even ask anybody to just go up on iTunes and leave any reviews or ratings or anything like that. We like we just we tweeted out a photo of our show being now up on iTunes and then the next thing I know like you guys that went up and just left your reviews, your five star ratings, the one person that left a two star rating, I'll even thank him. Uh unbelievable. Mhm. At one time we were number 5 total in all of Canada. All of Canada. Seeing us like Right behind Rogan, ahead of Serial, ahead of ahead of like This American Life, it's crazy. So um, you know, I'm sure it's all due to like oh right even right now we're like 25 like of all podcasts. That's wild. So uh, I'm sure a lot of it has to do with the algorithms of like people signing up all at once and and leaving reviews. So that means keep writing your review, reviews if you enjoy the show. Like everything has been mind-blowing the mm-hmm. the amount of people that downloaded that christmas show that we both looked at i was like well this thing is really long no. people are either gonna download this show or they are skipping it immediately there mm. will be no in between uh like you've seen it's crazy how many people have downloaded that in three days yeah on christmas three days i know on a brand new feed you know like, for once, I wish we were Rawway and we could have those graphics coming back from break because, man, we have some muscle after these last few yeah, days. Did you know? Did you know? The so. shortest running wrestling episodic <laughs> podcast post-wrestling of three days. Uh, you know, I'll, t- I'll tell you just some of the other really cool things. Thank you to everybody who's had really, you know, nice things to say about the website. It's been pretty... I'd say almost completely positive so far. Uh, thank you for all for checking it out. If you enjoy the the look of it, if you have any improvements uh, that you'd like to suggest, the best place to do them at is forum.postwrestling.com. Maybe the, the, the MVP of this entire launch. Yeah, I'm actually going to try and register waysbaby.com that will redirect to the forum oh well it's not just my baby it's the baby i had with robert brocky because he's the one who put most of the work into building this forum uh it's a beautiful discourse forum state-of-the-art bbs it is the dyson vacuum of message boards okay you've you've used that analogy a few times you're really smitten with the dyson i used it just once uh i really want one but it's so expensive. A Dyson? It's like 500 bucks for a vacuum. I don't even vacuum, but like it just looks so much... You just much, want it for the experience once? so much fun. Or just to have to anyway, look at. Anyway, so uh, forum.postwrestling.com, it is a brand new message forum, and at this point there's still there are already a lot of people who've signed on. If you are a member of the Patreon, you can sign on using your Patreon account or with the same email as your Patreon, and you'll gain access to the feedback forum and also the Q&A forum called the Post Wrestling Cafe, where uh, we'll get to your reviews at the end of the show, or uh, your, your, your feedback at the end of the show. And uh, you'll be able to ask us questions for a monthly ask away. Uh, anyway, it's just, uh, I, I just love the system. I think I'm start- trying to learn a lot about it myself. 
it's kind of like all brand new, but it, a lot of it makes sense and it goes really deep. So do sign up, forum.postwrestling.com. Yeah, we've got a bunch of threads that uh, people have got going, some really interesting ones. My favorite being how people originally found our show, which, I mean, mm-hmm. we read almost all everything. over the place. I've been reading everything. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to, it also works in very well with the site where you post a story, it just instantly posts as well on the forum so yeah. we can get and back and response forth. so your your responses to john's articles will actually pop up on the articles themselves at postwrestling.com yeah it just it works so much better than what we had with pro boards where it was two separate entities there was mm-hmm. no crossover between the two mm-hmm. and this it's just they're they're built for one another they're they're an organism it's like a dyson yes told you that demogorgon way it was growing it was growing oh, quickly yes that's right so uh last thing is the post wrestling cafe which is located at patreon.com slash post wrestling and that is where you can go above and beyond we mm-hmm. have four items on the menu we have the one milk one sugar mm-hmm. which i ordered today on my way here and I like I just it's felt really weird, weird ordering it we br- because I've said this term so many times now out of context <laughs> from an order yeah. at a current establishment. Yeah. <laughs> that today it was just it just felt so weird. I know. This is the first time I used it in like five days uh, where I was ordering a coffee. I'll tell you what's just like fucked up is that like we this is all like all this stuff just like existed in our minds, okay? And there's stupid ideas that existed in our minds. Like, 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 even something like post wrestling or uh, the post wrestling cafe. It's like, oh, this is funny. Let's throw it out there. And now, like, the the idea that other people are using it as well, and saying like, hey, I signed up for a one milk, one sugar. <laughs> like that's that's hilarious. Like to me. every detail, folks. Like we, like Way said, we need a name for this. It can't just be our Patreon. And we both then got into the the whole coffee thing. It was like. Are people gonna get any of this stuff? Is this just yeah. too broad? Does this should it be wrestling specific? There's the other thing too. Is like nothing about this Patreon is is really anything to do with wrestling, <laughs> which is like I mean, which is what I think people kind of kind of want. It's like it's I guess the show is you know, the people that are supporting us on Patreon. I think I realize don't just necessarily like us for the reviews. They they you guys might like us. So I figure you know. It's, it's more kind of like, uh, I, su- I suppose it's just a show in general that happens to have two guys talking about something they both like versus a show particularly about wrestling. Yeah, and, and what you guys have done is give us this incredible foundation to start with mm-hmm. to get this growing. And after this weekend, I think growing it even quicker than we anticipated yes. at first. So a thank you to everyone. And that includes the people, if you didn't sign up, like just... Yeah. Downloading a show, logging onto yeah. the site, like everything is appreciated. Yeah. There's anyone that is just following this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sharing sharing our shows, leaving a review, uh, everything is like the fact that you're even listening. Thank you, appreciate that. So, uh, I just want to quickly mention. So, for the one milk, one sugar level, <laughs> it sounds so stupid. That's going to include a bonus show each week, and that starts this Friday with our retro review of the Survivor Series 2005. Mm-hmm. The show that you watched three months ago. I watched it three months ago, and this week, 
we finally get to discuss it. Looking forward to it. So that will be fun on Friday. Mm -hmm. And then just quickly looking at some others as well. We have the double-double tier way, which will feature our post-production videos, the first of which will be going up uh, later this week uh, yeah. that we were describing earlier. And that's going to be a regular feature uh, for all double-double subscribers. We also have the Ice Cappuccino, which will feature many different post-wrestling merchandise items, including your very own Scott Putsky Award winner certificate mailed to you Ooh. that you can have framed, enlarged even. <sighs> enlarged. Maybe you can um, splash it over your car, perhaps. Um, you could do that. Get your car wrapped in a Scott Putsky award-winning certificate. You could do that, yeah. Maybe a bicep, biceps on the side, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. All possibilities. Yeah. And then we have the espresso tier mm. way. And as we mentioned... I could use one right now. I know you could, that. Wade. Don't worry, we're going to get into things with, yeah. with the Christmas Raw, which I'm sure you are all up for. Mm -hmm. The espresso tier, where you get to choose a future retro review... Mm -hmm. And all events are back and ready to be reviewed again. We hit ground zero. We have hit ground zero. 1997. So all events from the past, it's scorched earth. Mm -hmm. All events are free to be chosen uh, as we move into the post-wrestling era. Enough said. For more details, patreon.com slash post-wrestling. You can get all your information there. Um, but, John, I think we have a review of Raw to get to. Christmas night, Raw, three hours, yeah. one hour commercial free. What do you think of the name, though? Like, is it, like, of, of this review? Like, should we actually have, like, a catchier name than just, like, Raw Review? What about John and Way's review of Raw? What I mean, about... I think that's great for SEO, what Brand about branding? Raw is Way? That's not bad. What about Way's World? What about Rewind a Raw? When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the Rewind a Raw with John Pollock and Waiting the A team. That makes sense that these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's Rewind a Raw. For Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's Rewind a Raw. For Monday night on USA now on the John and Way take the mic. That is right. It is Rewind a Raw. Say that fast ten times. Rewind. I can't. Rewind a Raw. Re rewind. A... I can't even say it twice. We picked a name that is dumber than. Review away ever was. Rewind a raw. It's impossible to say. No, it's ambitious. We could have gone the easy route yeah. and done recap a raw. Listen, that's boring. We we were originally thinking about changing these names for these shows altogether. Um, post raw review, some some something like that. But we really miss those songs. And uh, if there's any way we we could accommodate the new shows to fit those songs then we'll be very happy to do it and we want to thank colby for lending us his awesome talent and updating that tr track of which he owns 
completely uh, to suit this new show, Rewind a Raw. Yes. I also think you, you misspoke there. You, you said songs, plural. I didn't. What? <laughs> We're going to have to talk afterwards. Monday night, Allstate Arena in Chicago. First of two nights as the Raw crew was informed that Merry Christmas, you're going to be on the road Christmas Eve or Christmas Day to get to Chicago. Mm-hmm. What a what a way to spend your your Christmas way. Ooh, I mean, kind of unfortunate. Finn Balor mentioned, didn't he, that he he was sad. He tweeted that he was sad that he would have to leave his family for Christmas. But his then, mom gave him an inspirational speech. His mom said, "Wouldn't it be worse?" If you didn't wrestle and stay at home, I don't. I can't do it. I, Irish. How do you? How do you do it? I'm not gonna try. I don't think. Uh, I can't. My voice has just come back, so I'm not gonna test that. The show kicked off with Michael Cole saying "Merry Christmas and welcome to Monday Night Raw," and to start off the show, which first hour once again commercial free. Yeah. Raise your hand if you tuned in late and forgot the first hour was commercial free and sunk into your chair when you realized that. Raise your hand if you thought three hours of content with commercials wasn't enough. <laughs> There's no more? I've got to wait till SmackDown tomorrow? I mean, it's a, it's, it's a gimmick they're doing to try to maintain this rating. Yes, it's... It's an experiment that, to me, is the most uh, interesting part to this week's Raw, is how that audience uh, grew in that first hour and stayed for the second or even third hour. I think it worked once before when they did a three-hour commercial-free show back in 2009. Why do you think it's so important for them to try to retain this Christmas, Christmas number versus just letting it slide and saying, hey, this was Christmas, nobody's watching anyway, uh, and, and using a gimmick like this for a bigger show? I think that the idea is, I think they just wanted to experiment with what does one hour commercial free like work? Because Mm -hmm. this isn't your traditional show that does 3 million viewers where you can get, you know, you can't compare Raw's three hours and the advertising it attracts versus a primetime drama that would attract 3 million viewers and the kind of advertising that gets. Mm -hmm. So there could be a a thought process that, Hey, if we can if we could get a 4 million people watching on Christmas. They weren't they're not going to have 4 million, but let's just throw out that number anyway. And is it more beneficial to Raw that we give up an hour of advertising but it bulks up the second or even third hour? Mm-hmm. Is this an option? Because trust me, if this wasn't just done as a for no reason. Sure. There's there's less of a payoff for the advertisers cuz you're not making anything that first hour, but for something like wrestling where advertising dollars are a lot lower it may be worth sacrificing an hour if it helps your others and can also introduce product placement i'm kind of curious how how much they actually sacrifice but because the commercial breaks that were occurring later on were definitely longer yeah so that it may have evened out anyway for your advertisers that you already Mm. had on board as well so that's a great point we should also mention that this was only done in the u.s Canada um, on Sportsnet 360 first hour did have commercials uh, I watched this online so I saw the commercial free edition uh, what did you do as did I 
So John Cena started out, they started off big with him coming out to a thunderous reaction in his green, purple, white shirt. And then he took off his hat and shirt to hand off to this kid in the crowd who had an older version of Cena's gear. And this elicited a big chant of Merry Christmas. And this was a heartwarming moment. What a nice guy. Michael Cole then thanks the USA Network for making the first hour commercial free. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for making me hold my piss in for the next hour. They plug this being the first time Raw is live on Christmas. They did this about a thousand times. And this is when uh, he gets interrupted by Elias. Elias enters the ring and was met with the entire arena chanting CM Punk. Elias says that CM Punk isn't going to come interrupt him. And Cena says to just let the people have some fun. And they go back to chanting CM Punk. Do you know what he said? He said, what does WWE stand for? Walk with Elias. That's a great line. How did I never realize that? I think that's brilliant. I bet you he didn't realize it until someone just was writing something and said, hey, this is the name of the company. Yeah. Elias says he is going to perform here. And they did this goofy routine of Elias continually cutting off John Cena so he couldn't get a, uh, two words out. And then Cena gives up, hands him a stool, starts playing. The audience won't let him start due to the punk chants. Elias blames Cena for keeping these chants going. Starts his song, runs down Chicago, and then Cena stops him. Says, I was trying to tell you not to run down Chicago. And he praises the city and says that Elias is the real jerk. Not the people. Elias agrees and says, I want to redo this song. So he starts singing a pro-Chicago song. Cena sings along with him and then gets dropped by an Elias right hand. Or as Booker would call it, a southpaw jab from the right hand. A southpaw right hand jab, which is not wrong. A southpaw right hand jab. Yeah. A southpaw jabs with his right hand. Uh... That would be accurate. Yeah, that's what he said. Um, so Graves was wrong. Graves was wrong in in that respect. Um, but it's still a weird term. That's it's, it's, it's a term it's, that's never used. It's redundant, but it's not inaccurate. I know what he was ma- saying. It technically makes sense, but it comes out where it doesn't. Well, have you ever heard that used in a boxing match or an MMA fight ever? By profession, a professional analyst ever used that term? No, because they would realize that it was redundant. But this is—it's a jab. It's a boxing. jab. Like that's it. He was using it to describe Samoa Joe's right hand jabs, and it was not technically inaccurate. It, in fact, he was right. We have an orthodox jab and a southpaw jab that we can at least differentiate between. Have we have we ever uh, figured out is is Samoa Joe actually a southpaw? I don't know. I don't think he is. I think he always jabs with the. Well, let's not put words in his mouth. All right, let's move. We're on. We're gonna break this down further. So the mat uh, the match then gets set up after uh, the challenge is made by Elias, and that leads to Elias and John Cena. 
I wasn't watching this on television, so I was just watching this online. If you told me, Wade, this match took up the entire commercial free hour, I would have believed you. Mm. This was a painfully long match. Yeah. Booker says that Cena's been out doing talk shows, playing to the kids, and now it's time to get back to work. And Elias gets the heat, kicks him in the tree of woe. It's just all Cena selling. It's so boring. It's so boring. Slow, like that slow punch kick, stand around punch kick style. It's just, man, Elias is just, this was boring. So then he spins Cena on his shoulders for a sit-out powerbomb. They discuss that the announcers are actually talking about maybe Elias, because he's just in control of this whole match. Maybe he's running out of ideas, which to me was like a in-character way of explaining that this guy has a very limited moveset. And Cena then all of a sudden applies the STF. Elias kicks him out, gets away, hits him with a knee to the head. Cena knocks him from the apron. Another STF and Elias gets the rope break. Then we got the most painfully mechanical setup to the drift away that Cena kicked out of. The announcers state the move was similar to the drift away, but not the proper drift away. Yeah, it's a variation. It's almost like he hit his finish by mistake. Yeah. <laughs> no one cared that he kicked out of it either. Cena makes his comeback. Five-knuckle shuffle. This did wake up the crowd for the comeback at the end, probably because they sensed the end was near, and he hit the AA and got the win. Well, the crowd was just hot. I mean, if you saw them in this opening segment, uh, first of all, I, my takeaway from, from the talking was the fact that CM Punk, I mean, we are dealing with Chicago, but I mean, that Mickey Gall fight seems like it was... A long time ago, and I'm just trying to think if CM Punk came back tomorrow, would that Mickey Gold fight have any effect on his success in professional wrestling? Zero. Zero. It, it, I don't think it would make any I didn't even think so at the time. Yeah. Yeah, immediately after, I think, yes. Yeah. But but now, I think people just remember CM Punk from the pipe bomb thing, that Mickey Gall stuff, is something that I think a heel could like bring up, and it'd be great ammunition, but like people don't care. Same with Brock. He lost... But who gives a shit? He's still, like, legit. So, anyway. Um, so, yeah. I, I thought the match was boring, man. I, I, I couldn't... Uh, like, this was a match where commercials really would have benefited it. So you didn't <laughs> but, have to see... All, to their all. credit, they just worked the matches, though there were commercial breaks. Because there was a God, lot of dead so. stuff in this match. Yeah. Um, Primarily yeah. all of Elias's heat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, painfully dreadful match. That was the only involvement of Cena on the show, so no angle to set up anything for the Rumble. He is advertised next for the anniversary show, which mm-hmm. is the Raw going into the Royal Rumble, but yeah. unknown if he actually will be in the Rumble, on the Rumble card, but nothing even hinted at on this show. Right. Well, as far as the last goes, I mean, the match is, it sucks, but I think everything beforehand is great. Like, his, his, his playing to the crowd, I thought was excellent. Uh, as a character, I really like him. I just don't want to see him wrestle. All right, so I'm going to share this story. So um, Monday night, I started this late. And so I had, like, family over. And my brother was there. And oh, I'm upstairs in the kitchen. parents from your brother. Yes. He came over. And suddenly, he's in the uh, the family area. And he's watching Raw. Wow. I could hear it down there. Just like old times. Yeah. Like, I, I have no clue if he ever watches Raw. But here he was. He was, like, watching Raw. And I was like, well, 
I've got to uh, I've got to watch this later, and I really was not in the mood to start this now at like eight thirty. Your brother was watching Raw in your house, and you didn't join him. Well, no, because I had I would have to start from the beginning. I'm not going to just sit down and start at eight. You didn't want to share. You didn't want to share in that bonding moment. When was the last time you watched wrestling with your brother? Oh, I I have not seen him watch wrestling since 2002. Wow. So, I have no idea. There wasn't a part of you that was like, oh, it's Christmas, I should sit down and watch wrestling with my brother. No, if anything, it would be, let's let's watch anything else but wrestling. <laughs> so, what I heard is, I'm up in the kitchen, so I hear John Cena's music playing at the end of the match, and then I'm getting something, and then all of a sudden I hear Samoa Joe cutting a promo. I was like, okay, that's the angle they're doing. They're doing Cena and Joe. So then later I start the show and I realize it was Cena winning and then they go to a Samoa Joe feature. Mm. And that's what I had heard. Oh. So in my head, I was thinking, well, that's a that's a good direction to go with Cena and Joe. It makes it all the sense in the world. Great direction. Yeah, yeah. It's like you've really heated up Joe and Christ, he could beat Cena at the oh, Rumble. Yeah. That'd be great. Plus, they both have so, so much history together. Exactly. That's That could be a Mania program. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so... I hear this and I'm thinking in my head, my head starts going of like the direction they could go with this. And then it turns out I just wasn't uh, hearing this properly. It was two separate, non-connected segments. Kurt Angle is decorating a Christmas tree. And luckily, one guy got to spend Christmas with his child because Jason Jordan entered. The crowd (laughs) booed him. They hug. They wish each other a Merry Christmas, meaning they avoided each other all day at the arena. And then Seth Rollins walks in. Rollins wants Samoa Joe after he injured Ambrose last week. Jordan says he wants Joe first. And then Angle says they have to first get through the bar because the bar is always where Joe is. And neither wants to team together. Angle says they've got to figure out how to work together because they're facing the bar tonight for the tag titles. So they both want Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle basically puts them up against the bar as an obstacle to get to Joe. And by the way, they have to clear the bar. Yes. And by the way, you also get a chance at the biggest prize in the division. Yeah, this really put into perspective the people that complained about George St. Pierre getting that middleweight title fight. I mean, Jesus Christ, like you you can be in a team for one week, lose that match, be reluctant to team up, and still earn a title shot without doing any work. Listen, I, I think this needed some context, okay? Like maybe like, oh, it's like we have a USA to, you know, fulfill. Like they demand a title shot. So you guys happen to be the closest ones. Like something like that. But just to like toss these out for no reason. Come on. You Wait, we just spent a month between all these four ways and then the finals of a mini tournament for Cedric Alexander I, to get a cruiserweight yes. title match. Like yes. a month of setting up this title match and for don't, next week. And, and don't think for a second they're, they, they're not going to do a similar thing for the tag team titles at some point in the future. They'll have tag team t- title tournaments, you know? And then you'll point to weeks like this where guys don't even want to team together and they haven't won a match together ever and they get a title shot. Come on. Very lazy way to set up a title match, but and then he just then Roman comes in. And he's like, I, "Hey, yeah." Then Reigns some- walks in. It's like exit stage left, and then in comes Roman, and Angle says, "Samoa Joe is all yours." And so it's, it's like Kurt kind of just wait, played Rollins and Jordan, and he also says, "And it's for the title." Yeah, why not? He's like Oprah here, just like giving out no Christmas shot. presents yeah. to everyone, and so we have an icy title match with Joe and Reigns for tonight. Charlie is in the ring with Brian Kendrick and Jack Gallagher, who 
Jack Gallagher feels like this heel turn was putting him in the uh, the wrestler p- protection program because yeah. he's just anonymous on this show. He had probably had to leave home too to come all the way to here to do this. Oh, there there is one example of someone on this show that it was just you uh, you felt for the guy. Kendrick runs down Hideo Itami and his recent debut, and he wants to find out if Hideo Itami is just a quick fad. Because Hideo Itami is currently all the rage everywhere. It's <laughs> a huge way. It's sort of the same thing they're doing with Asuka. They're getting their opponents to talk up how big of a threat they are before the matches begin. Crowd was so dead for this match. I mean, they did a wonderful job from Cena and Elias to this of just... After that opening segment, when that match began with Cena and Elias, this audience was like, oh my god, this is the first hour, commercial free, and I bought tickets for both nights So then it makes no difference that it was commercial free. It makes a huge difference, Way I mean, at least you can can, um, get up and go to the bathroom knowing that the entire world isn't watching something you're not. Uh, I don't know. Can't just... You know what's weird? When I saw Star Wars last week, how is there not some kind of function designed? Like a like a toilet in your seat? It's just common sense that this needs to be invented. No, I don't think so. I think it's common sense that you pee before the movie starts. Come on. With the length of some of these movies? Fine, yes, yes. Yeah. I was a friend of mine came and and picked me up about a week ago and we just got up the street and the guy had to like pull over to go to the gas station. Like people have to pee away. <laughs> that's true. So people have weak bladders. Yes, that's true. And I think movie theaters should be accommodating to here. Why should I have to get up hey, and can about, I pause the movie? What about intermissions? I'd be fine with that. A 10 minute intermission during a movie, uh, I would be completely are fine you with. fucking kidding me? Do you know how well the concessions would do? It's the same concept in wrestling. You, of all people, would hate something like that. 10 minutes where you have a countdown clock? You're always in a hurry to do something else. There's no way that you'd be like, oh. No, I but got, you stated it up minutes? front. I know how long a movie is, and I know it's 10 minutes, and it's a hard 10 minutes. There's no none of this wavering I shit. I don't like it. I, I mean, okay, maybe maybe if I was used to it, it's fine. But, like, I'll tell you, the last time I had an intermission was uh, the Tarantino movie. The, um... Grindhouse? No, 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 no. Um, whatever. Fuck, what's the, the... People are shouting it. Anyway. They he I, I went to a screening where he actually had an intermission. He, it was... It, oh, I know what you're talking about. Hateful Eight, Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. That was yeah, it. he put an intermission in. And it was like... Not well There was received. an intermission. And then, like, I'm standing in the lobby, and, like, all these people are also standing there, like, what do we do with ourselves? What do we do? <laughs> we're, like, we're just waiting for this movie to start again. And everybody's just on their phones. That's all that is. It's like you're making me people stand around on your phones. Anyway. Raw. You would hate intermissions, okay? You say that now, you'd like it, but no, I don't think you would. I'm not going to lie, throughout this entire review, the only thing that's been on my mind is if Samoa Joe is orthodox or Southpaw. So I, I'm, I'm researching this <laughs> oh right now. Oh my god, Jesus. It's, it's just stuck. Who cares? I do, wait. He punches, he was punching in the Southpaw stance. I don't know if he was. If he was jabbing with the with the right, then he... That's what we're trying to determine. We're not sure if he was or not. He was standing, leading with the right foot. 
You're positive of this. Yes. That's what I'm trying to figure out right now. I saw him jab. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a jab. You, you can jab from either stance. I know, but if you're jabbing with your right... Okay, that's all I'm saying is you saw him jabbing with the right is what you're saying. So I'm saying a right jab can only occur from a southpaw position. Yes, I know. We're arguing different things right now. Oh, what are we arguing? I'm arguing if if he was in that stance, if he was jabbing with the right. You're, so then you're arguing if it was a jab at all. No, I'm saying you can you can throw a jab with your left hand. Yeah. Or your right hand. But it wouldn't be southpaw. Okay. We're arguing here if Booker was right or Booker was wrong. Booker was right. Okay. 100% he was right. He's only right if he's in the stance that you are stating he was in. So Joe was punching with his right hand with his foot leading on the right side. All right. Yes. I asked you earlier, are we sure he's a southpaw? And you said you weren't sure. I don't know if he always punches with that stance. But in this case, he was. Yes. Then case closed. Okay. Samoa Joe, case closed. Do you see what Brian Kendrick and Hideo Itami led us down a path of? We went from piss breaks to jabs. Now we have to go back to this match, which was about as painful we have patr- as... We have patrons to answer to. We, we can't... We've we got to really watch ourselves now. Yeah, Christ. I'm just looking at the time. I, uh, we got to get going here. Okay. Match ended four minutes. With the GTS, a legit GTS, mm-hmm. which when it was hit in real time, it actually looked like he held up on it. And then when you see the replay, you see he blasted him in the face with this knee. And he won it in four minutes. And, yeah, they showed this replay. And, yeah, Kendrick just got nailed above the eye. Well, I feel this in this match, it it definitely feels like maybe somebody told Tommy, hey, you got to go out there and you have to be aggressive. You have to work a lot more snug and... Try to beat the shit out of this guy. I mean, I'm sure it was Kendrick who said, hey, hit me with everything you had. And Kendrick took a beating here with between the kicks and between taking the GTS like it was a legit move. Uh, I thought he did great. But despite all that, I mean, unfortunately, this crowd still gave this match a pretty lukewarm reaction. People don't really seem to know a Tommy nor care about him. Um, Even the GTS didn't get a big reaction. No, he tried Which, to... That was the easy spot. He tried to tease it. I feel like mo- a bunch of this crowd didn't even recognize it. How did he tease it? He, like... He did the throat slash. Did he do that? I thought he also, like, pull, pulled down his knee knee pad. Well, he did the, the throat slash in there, too, so... Like what? Not another person that is not mentioned on WWE... Well, Chris Benoit? Well, Taker does it, too. A number of guys did it, but... Okay. Anyway, crowd was, like, kind of, you know, still, unfortunately, a bit silent. Like, they were watching a match with two unknowns, and when he did do the GTS, it even that, too, kind of received a bit of a lukewarm reaction. So, I don't know. I, I think it's an improvement, but I can't see him lasting too long without finding something that makes him a bit special, beyond just the GTS or simply being able to work stiff. Well, what we're seeing at the moment is... Unless you are a an amazing personality like an Enzo, when you're labeled 205, the audience does not care. It's like you are labeling someone unimportant. And that's what it, it kind of feels like. They did a big feature on the Women's Royal Rumble announcement and then various reactions from the women last week. The best part of this was the slow motion reactions in real time 
in particular of Nia Jax as you just see her mouth just go wide like she's just been told she won the lottery for a billion dollars mm. it was this was like the Oprah segment yeah. and Nia had won the car and they're showing the other women just like page and shock and they're almost in tears of this announcement yeah this is what I mean it's clearly what they envisioned like that segment to achieve do you so do you think they actually didn't tell the the women's division prior to Stephanie going out there to try to get genuine reactions uh, that's what it appeared to be it was that Perhaps they knew Stephanie was coming, but they didn't know exactly what the announcement would be for that mm-hmm. for that reasoning. Mickey, Sasha, and Bailey are backstage, and they run into Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, who are dressed up for Christmas, and start singing Joy to the World in honor of The Miz. And this caroling was really good. These guys, I thought, were very, very funny on this show. No aid in English, but... Yeah. No, but not bad. I could see Hideo Itami doing this in about five months. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the women had to act disgusted here at what I thought was fine singing. And then they walk off as the guys wish them a Merry Mismas. Mm-hmm. Paige, Mandy Rose, and Sonia Deville took on Bailey, Sasha, and Mickey. Paige nailed Sasha and immediately tags out. So Deville was in with Bailey. Banks comes off the ropes and... Doesn't really hit the double knees. And there is not a time that there is a ill-timed move that Corey Graves does not call attention to it. And yeah. I think it adds so much yeah. credibility to him. It also makes him just a bit of a dick, though. It does, but that's, that's... kind of his role on commentary as well, is yeah. to be that Listen, but with, like, attention to detail guy. Bobby Heenan do that, though? You know? Different like, Would era. Jesse do that? It's just like, at some point, your, your role is to kind of protect the business, too, right? Not necessarily just to call out things that 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 are mistakes is it protecting though if you're trying to sell something that the audience at home feels that i think it depends they're they just saw this with their own two eyes and i think but you not have a much more astute audience than you did in 1987 yeah maybe i don't know i don't mind it like, like I, I, when, he, when he calls out booker okay for <laughs> for calling a, a southpaw right hand jab like or or when he calls out booker for doing a number of things they're not necessarily things that need to be focused on Right. Well, oh, with the announcers, it's different because I think that's just they're at a point now where it's breaking Booker's balls is kind of Cole and Graves' mo, yeah. and Booker sets himself up quite a lot for them. Deville used a body triangle on Sasha, and Banks finally sends Rose into Page and hot tags Bailey. Bailey then knocks Deville off the apron, hits a Bailey to belly to Page, but Rose and Deville rescue Page to the floor. Everyone brawls. It ends with Page and Bailey back into the ring, and Page hits the rampage pinning Bailey. Yeah, I thought it was an alright match. I thought maybe again, like just like a lot of the other match, maybe 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 it went a bit too long and they feel it feels like they kind of briefly lost the crowd in the middle. Um but I do think Absolution and I think in particular um Rose and Deville are all kind of continuing to come along pretty well. Like for their experience levels, you know? Like somebody like a Mandy Rose, consider where Eva Marie or Lana were with far less time developing. And I think Mandy is already ahead of both of them in ring. Well, I mean, with Lana. God bless the woman, but I, I think... With even Marie as well. Day one, they might have been ahead of Lana. Yeah, true. Uh, interesting, Bailey took the pin as well, of the three available options. Um, kind of Mickey, you would assume, is kind of in that role hmm. to be the one, but no, Bailey was pinned. 
They recapped Dean Ambrose's injury, and he did have surgery last week. Michael Cole stated he could be up for out for up to nine months, which uh, I can't say is a hundred percent because we've heard before of like worked timetables that they use. So, I mean, who knows? But it's, I mean, it's generally believed that he probably is going to miss WrestleMania, even if this is an exaggerated uh, hmm. time frame that they've given. However. He was worked into a segment later with the the action figure segment, which uh, we will get to. First off, we had Renee with Samoa Joe backstage. And Renee asks if Joe has any remorse for what he did to Dean Ambrose. Joe says he did not. And Joe says now Dean can be at home with his loved ones for the holiday. Mm -hmm. Glaring at Renee. This was... Really great. Fantastic. Yeah, it was awesome. Really great. Uh, and subtle. Something they never yeah, do. Subtext. Really yes. great subtext for people who, who know, and Joe conveyed it perfectly. Like, there is almost an expectation I have now that you say a line like this, and you're almost expecting the guy to go, because he's your husband, Renee, you're married to Dean Ambrose, and I injured him, and you're here and not with him. Yeah, Like, it? they have to just, my God, no one's getting this. And this was just... Everyone knew the connection, and you didn't have to state it out. And that's some, no, certainly some people didn't get it, and that's that's even better. That's what makes it better for the people that do get it. Oh, I, I thought this was a great promo from Joe. He says he will put Reigns to sleep, and he's going to wake up to a nightmare, and he'll win the title. And Cole ends it by saying that had to be uncomfortable for Renee. Mm-hmm. So that's the closest we got. Man, Joe is just to me just a championship level promo, and I really feel like he gets the chance because. You know, I thought that they were going to put the title on him at one point, like that four-way. But uh, now I don't know. It feels like he's kind of cooled off in the title picture since then. And now I'm not exactly sure. So, But, man, in terms of skill, I think he would be just a fantastic champion. Yeah, and as well, you had this lineup of guys that Brock kind of beat in Mm -hmm. clean and quick in Braun and Joe. And yet here we are at the end of the year. I don't think Joe has suffered any ill effects of that. If anything, that 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 match helped get him to this spot. He's, he's hotter now, and I think like he's kind of start you know getting a bit of that Daniel Bryan effect, where like audiences will continue to cheer him loudly because they know he's probably more valuable than the push he's getting. Yeah, um, yeah, he's just uh, he's doing fantastic at the moment. Kane versus Heath Slater, accompanied by Rhino. They did this long video package on Lesnar, Kane, and Strowman. There was a lot of production on this show. Uh, They did an insert promo. Slater said his kids received no gifts this year because Angle threatened to fire him last week. Rhino said that's not what Angle did, but he wants them to be toughened up, and he's here to toughen Slater up. So he takes on Kane. There's a sidewalk slam to Slater. Rhino tells Slater to show his kids what he can do. Slater returns, gets dumped back to the floor. Slater just wants to give up on the match, but he comes back, then snaps Kane's neck on the top rope, fights back, hits a flying knee, and then gets struck in the throat, choke slammed, and Kane wins in 224. I thought it was a fun little squash. Didn't go too long. Crowd was really invested in Heath Slater, and it helped, I would assume, push the story along for the for the guy losing. This is going to be, I think, Heath Slater. His next one, he's going to challenge Braun. And then he's going to interrupt Brock in the lead-up to Rumble. Oh, and the three guys are going to kill Heath Slater. That's cool. Yeah, and probably Rhino by default. But then what does it mean for Heath Slater at the end of it? Is it just a comedy thing? 
Because the crowd likes Heath Slater, and they like Rhino, you know? There's something to be done with them. They're not just Curtis Hawk, Kurt, Kurt Hawkins. Or sorry, uh, who am I thinking of? Yeah. Yeah, Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins. Who's on this show. Yeah. Yeah, it was all hands on deck on Raw Monday night. <laughs> well, I think it's... Then they were building a storyline. Remember last week it was like Rhino was going to take Heath Slater and repackage him or do something like that? Maybe this is the extent of it. It's just challenging the monsters, and it's an easy way to get some wins for guys, some quick squashes. Heath, or Rhino told said that he was he needed Heath Slater to turn it up and to like get more aggressive. How do you turn up the heat? You go to a guy that's how do you gone turn, through fire. How do you turn up the Heath? Oh, God. Yeah. Man, free shirt idea. Oh, sorry. Rhino then stops Kane from delivering another choke slam. He hits him with a shoulder tackle in the corner, goes for the gore, but runs into a choke slam. So both were laid out. Rhino got a pretty good reaction, even in, the, in just this little moment. He and Bully are probably like the ECW originals with like the most longevity. Well, Kane and Rhino, I mean, fellow politicians. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Maybe that's where Heath Slater can Debate. go next. Yeah. The political arena. Kurt Hawkins is out. He says he needs to face the facts. He gets the what treatment. Says 2017 hasn't been all that kind to his win-loss record. And he feels a Christmas miracle is in the air. So he makes an open challenge for anyone to come down the chimney into his living room. And then his 146 match losing streak will come to an end. Finn Balor answers the challenge. And Booker compares Kurt Hawkins to Barry Horowitz and Dusty Wolf. Hawkins and Balor had a 90-second match where Hawkins' highlight was a roll-up for a two-count, and then Balor did his sling blade, drop kick, coup de gras, and won. 147 matches. And the man had to leave his mother to do this. Poor Kurt Hawkins. And I guess poor Finn Balor, Finn Balor. too. Finn Balor got on an international flight to be here. No, it's better than not wrestling on Raw. Uh, hey, like... So they're like they're still trying to push this kind of Balor Club deal. What a lonely club. I mean, listen, there is a T-shirt out there that is outselling anything that the WWE is making. Okay, <laughs> and they happen to have three of the original members of that group in the company on the same roster. So why not just put Gallows and Anderson with him and actually market the Bullet Club like it's an actual stable, or sorry, the Balor Club, whatever as an actual stable, if anything, just for the merchandise. None of them are doing anything right now. What are you talking about? Gallows and Anderson had a lot here on this Christmas episode. Did they even make the flight? I, I hope I not. pray they didn't. God. But my, my feeling is they probably were. Yeah. I mean, they're on the road this week with them. Mm-hmm. Just to sell the merch, put them together. Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel find Goldust backstage, who spent Christmas doing this backstage segment. And they sing a Mismus carol and state how Goldust has, his career has lost some speed. Fa la 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 la. I'm not going through this whole song. They hand him a DVD of Santa's Little Helper starring The Miz and Paige. And Goldust just quickly hands it off to Titus, Apollo, and Dana Brooke like it's a stick of dynamite. Shout out WWE Studios. And says Merry Christmas and leaves those three with a DVD. Everyone involved in this backstage segment. I'm so sorry for your families. <laughs> where's Dustin? Well, he had to work tonight. Where's where's uh where's Apollo? 
his first Christmas with his child, and he was off to do this. You have to, you're not even going to be the one to get the DVD. You're going to be standing next to the guy that has handed the DVD. And you need me for this, right? Dana can't handle it? No, we need all three. Oh, yeah. Oh. To be a wrestler. I have all the respect, folks. They get paid well, at least, I hope. Um, yeah, I guess it's a, it is a job and I'm sure it was, it was, there's nights being a WWE wrestler, I'm sure is a passion and there's other nights it's a job. And I think on Monday night, it was a job for a lot of these people. (sighs) This was a job for me. How how about all the people that just went to the show that bought tickets for the show? They had to leave their families too on Christmas. Yeah, that was voluntary. Yeah. They they paid to do that. Yeah. Listen, I I can totally get that fans, it's a great Christmas present. Kids get tickets that morning. That is true. I mean, that's one thing. But Bray Wyatt, promo time. Which reminds me, uh, this year we will be doing a worst of show and a best of show coming up. Mm -hmm. Bray just triggered that in my mind. (laughs) Best of show coming out Sunday at postwrestling.com for free. (sighs) Oh. She always hated this time of year. He goes on about pagan rituals and how Matt Hardy's words only perpetuate this sickness and give people something to believe in. Bray says Matt is using the people for his own gain. So Bray asks the Woken Warriors what they see and they are surrounded by her. Meaning either Sister Abigail, Dana Warrior, or some other person we're not aware of in this do you imagine Dana Brooke, or sorry, Dana Brooke, Dana Warrior being Bray Wyatt's manager? She's Sister Abigail. Oh, man. Um. <laughs> I feel it would work. <laughs> what if it's. Yeah, I think it would work. Yeah, sure. Matt well, Hardy with your indomitable spirit and your. Per- per- <laughs> I can't. I just can't do it. Wow. Yeah, I wouldn't even know where to begin with the Dana Warrior impression, but I i mean, that sounds pretty believable. Bray then makes his entrance, but before he can do anything, he's attacked from behind by Matt Hardy. Bray avoids the twist of fate. Booker says, mind games, mind games, man. The fans chant delete, and Hardy gets on the microphone, does 30 seconds of noises without using any words, and then the glass shatters with Woken on the screen. Mm. So when this Raw was first announced for Christmas, Rebby Hardy was one of the more outspoken people uh, about Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was Rebby, and I think Jeff Hardy's wife also tweeted something, if I, if I recall. Um, so this is what Matt Hardy had well, to miss Christmas for. The attack I thought was good. You know, when he finally... He's been cutting promos backstage every single week, and then he comes out here uh, in that full robe. He got a great reaction. It was pretty cool. Then he picks up the mic, though, and I think we all expect a Matt Hardy promo. And he, it instead, it was just noises. And I guess, you know, they need they want to save it. Yeah, you got to come back for the promo. Or maybe it'll just be noises. <laughs> Maybe I don't want words, God damn it! I want grunts. Unfortunately, if you're watching this, the moment he grabs the mic and he doesn't cut a promo, you leave feeling a bit disappointed. So I thought the segment ended a bit, yeah, cold. Well, 
maybe it ended cold. Mm -hmm. It then picked up. Unfortunately, the cameras were no longer on him because now we were backstage, I guess shooting this live with Cesaro and Sheamus. Cesaro with his mouthpiece in. And we get this massive hearty chant that it was it was deafening. It was like you so couldn't even loud. hear Seamus and Cesaro. Oh, yeah. It was so loud. I felt like I was watching Impact where it's like they're filming stuff backstage and stuff is cl- matches are clearly going on in the ring. It's like a clip where you'll you'll see on like a future WWE DVD talking about Matt Hardy <laughs> about how like uh, you know like my run as the Woken Matt Hardy thing it had so much potential, but it didn't really work out because, you know, they would tell me to go out and just make noises. Meanwhile, the audience was loving me, and they'll show you, like, a backstage clip of, like, Seamus and Cesaro. And I got a standing ovation, just but they, they, they had already cut backstage. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Cesaro and Seamus each got each other presents. Uh, Cesaro got him a Dean Ambrose action figure with a missing arm. Mm. Just released. Mm-hmm. So th- this was the only thing I would look at that they clearly are going forward, keeping this Dean Ambrose thing in the back of people's minds. Which mm. um, we'll see. I think that whatever his time frame will will be known, and it very well could be nine months. But I don't take WWE's word for it. Cesaro hands Sheamus a present, and it's a Seth Rollins action figure that he says he can't wait to break, just like he'll break the real Seth. And then they got a Jason Jordan figure, and they laugh about Rollins not wanting Jordan as a partner and Angle not wanting him as a son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Enzo is dressed as Santa and comes out with his elves. Yeah. Drew Gulak and Arya Davari. Those elf outfits. They're not easy to clean. No, I'm what. sure Drew Gulak had some stains on these yellow pants. Those hats are almost impossible to keep on. Electrical tape, that's the key. Tape works the best, yes. We had a miracle on 34th Street Fight. Did you watch the Braun Strowman thing, by the way? I, yeah, I, I did. I didn't, actually, but what did you think of it? The comedy is kind of the visual of Braun Strowman in the Elf outfit, and it's just recreating scenes from Elf. Do you find it daring that they they would let one of their big monsters, who's supposed to be, you know, like whatever, serious... And a guy they, they protect incredibly yeah. well on television. Do you think it's, it's notable that they are willing to let him do this comedy stuff? Somewhat. I was kind of surprised that it was Braun used here, but mm. I've always had the... I think you watch this, it's like the digital side on like the network mm-hmm. and the website, it is like a distance from the television product that they still look at as that is part of the story. If you follow Braun on Twitter, you'd know that. Well, he's, he's, Twitter, he's in character. Instagram, he's not. Instagram, is he, is he he's in char- ju- just he, a guy. Is he in character? You're right, you're right. But man. He explained, Twitter is for the fans, but his Instagram is his. Where he's just a goofball. I, f- I feel like he should really stop hashtagging so much on Twitter if he's, <laughs> if he's trying to stay in character. Well, maybe. Well, hey, Giants can hashtag. Um, I feel like Giants wouldn't even be able to f- press the button. Like, because their hands are so big. That was Mick Foley's line. He said, I just don't want to live in a world where The Undertaker is ever on Twitter. Yeah. Okay, so our street fight started with Tozawa hitting his crazy suicide dive in tandem with a Mustafa Ali dive off the top. Uh, this was Enzo Gulak and Davari against Cedric Alexander, Mustafa Ali, and Akira Tozawa. They announced Enzo and Alexander for next week in Miami. 
Ali came in, did the somersault into an X-Factor, inverted 450 to Dabari, but he's stopped by Gulak with a garbage can lid. Then Enzo got involved with a candy kendo stick. Alexander stopped that. Gulak missed and avalanched Enzo in the corner, is hit with the, the kendo stick, and then Alexander hits Dabari with the lumbar check and wins the match. It was interesting because I thought this gimmicky weapons match was some of the biggest reaction a cruiserweight match has had on Raw in weeks. So maybe it just tells you this audience's tastes and how much they may differ from, you know, the... We want weapons. We want costumes. Yeah. It's a low bar. That's all we want out of 205 Live, it appears. Enzo's backstage afterwards in the Santa outfit. And he runs into Nia Jax. And they wish each other a Merry Christmas. And they look up. And they're standing under the mistletoe. The crowd starts chanting yes. Uh, An example of when you want to hear the audience for a backstage segment. Enzo and Nia lean in to kiss. When Alexa Bliss just runs in. She needs to talk to Nia Jax about the Royal Rumble match. Blows it. The crowd is so sad. And Nia leaves all frustrated. Great segment. They both do a really good job here. Uh, Nia and Enzo, I think they're they're good in this role. I mean, it's this is really, really corny, really cheesy, but like in the best way in pro wrestling. You know, it you, it's just it's bad acting, but it's so amusing. This is going to turn Enzo babyface if they continue this and then finally... He's already a babyface. You hear the promo he cut today? S-O-F-S-A-W-F-T? I said S-O-F-T because Drew Gulak was mouthing S-O-F-T. If ever there was a night for him to switch it up to S-A-N-T-A. Yeah. I mean, he was dressed... Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> if if they're looking to turn Enzo, then... I don't know if they are. The hell have we been doing for the last four they're months not, I don't with think, this guy? I don't think they're looking to turn him. This Nia thing will, t- unless they do at the end where Enzo like cheats on her, or he's hooking up with Alexa or something. Oh, I don't know. Renee is with Roman Reigns, and he's going to send a message to Joe that if you hurt one of his brothers, then he's going to hurt them. Reigns and Joe for the Intercontinental title. Crowd was hot before the bell even rang for this. Mm-hmm. Reigns hits the drive by. This is where Booker. Mentions. Joining on the debate, I'd love to know this. Okay, but this, everyone stopped at the the jab portion. The entire sentence was, he's hitting them with southpaw right-hand jabs, which throw off your equilibrium. Fine. So don't forget about the equilibrium. Graves uh, is just broken from this, this comment. Joe takes over with an integer in the corner. They go through the break. Joe is hitting with knees from the clinch. Misses a senton, so Reigns hits him with the Superman punch for a two-count. Reigns calls for the spear, but runs into a kick from Joe in the head and a urinage for a two-count. Then Joe goes for the coquina clutch, takes his bat to the mat, and the submission's applied, and traps Reigns' right arm with his leg. And Reigns breaks free, gets to the rope, great spot. And then a tope suicida to Reigns on the floor. Reigns grabs his left elbow, which they were trying to tie into a similar injury to Ambrose's from the week prior. Works the arm back inside the ring. Reigns gets free, stomps Joe in the corner. The referee gets in the way. He shoves the referee away. And the DQ is called. Mm. Their new favorite finish. And 
Booker just says, frustration, guys, frustration. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, great match, though. This is a great match. Great great crowd. I feel there's got to be, like, uh, a threshold. Like, once a match is this long, you owe people a finish that is at least some thought is put into. See, I don't I don't mind time limit draws. I'm actually for time limit draws. That would have been better than this. I think they tell they tell a story, you know, if you wanted to do something like this. Mm, but this is also yeah. likely building to a no DQ match or a street fight or something based on the post match. Sure. Then um, why not do something that actually warrants an actual DQ rather Like than... maybe Rain snaps on him yeah. with the steps. That's a more believable DQ than stomps and knocking the ref away Mm -hmm. anyway um i think you looked at this and this was i mean it would be silly to beat joe after what you've been doing with him and they're Mm -hmm. definitely not beating reigns they're protecting both of these guys and thus the finish yeah and uh but continuing this feud obviously so who wins the feud um has to be reigns i think in a way you kind of want to eventually get the title off of reigns but hmm in a creative way, I guess. Hmm. Superman punched to Joe after the match. Then another one off the steps. He attacks Joe with the steps, gets a chair, and then it ends with a cutaway to Rollins smiling at the attack on Joe. Jason Jordan walks in, and Rollins says he's doing this because he owes Kurt a favor for having his back at TLC and wants a piece of Sheamus and Cesaro. They have differences, but doesn't care. Wants to become tag champions again. And this can't be a case of Jason Jordan losing again and then bragging about hanging with the top competition because everyone here is top competition. Jordan is excited and says that Rollins has to admit, I'm a pretty good replacement for Dean Ambrose. And Rollins says, you will never be Dean Ambrose. And Jordan responds, yeah, I'll be better. Mm. Bo and Curtis are in the ring for a secret Santa match. They don't know who their opponent is. They start singing Jingle Bells when out came Braun Strowman. And he just murdered these two. He first killed Dallas with a clothesline, splashed Axe on the corner, and then a running power slam to Dallas for the win in a minute. And then he just went back and forth with power slams to both guys over and over. And the crowd loved this. That's, yeah, squash. And uh, when is The Miz coming back? Probably any week now. The movie should be wrapping up. And who do you think is the is the the next program for the Miz? Because we thought it would be Finn Balor. No real hint towards that. Um, show. You would think something with a Shield member because of how he was written off with the table spot, and that was the reason for him disappearing. Was being put no, through no, the table. There's nobody free right now, though. Rollins. He's do a match with Reigns one week. Not a whole lot for him to come back mm. to at the, the immediate future. 25 years of Raw spot. They showed the one two three kid beating Razor Ramon in May of 93 as they build up the anniversary show for next month. Alexa Bliss was in the ring and wished everyone a Merry Blissmas. This was a pun-heavy Raw. This one works better, though, than Mismas. She says she takes this time of year to reflect and 2017 has been the year of Alexa Bliss. She started the year as SmackDown Women's Champion, and she's going to end it as the Raw Champion. She's dominated every obstacle like a Jedi from Star Wars. Yep. I mean... Do you think Alexa was in a undetectable mountain area, and this was just a an illusion of she, Alexa Bliss? Yeah. She was having, like, mental 
communication. So, well, I'll, I'll make my point later. She says she did it without the fans and doesn't need them as some try to cheer. I thought Alexa was extremely composed here, and this was a great promo. Okay, what did you think of Star Wars? <laughs> That's all we, I'd rather talk about that. <laughs> you didn't like this? It was fine. I thought Alexa was very good here. I was, I'll say at, the, at this point in, in during Raw, it was taking me, because we do, weren't recording this right after the show, I took my time. It took me a lot of time. Wait, to it took finish. me almost four hours to watch Raw. It took me longer than that to finish the show, just because I kept getting distracted. And by this point in the show, I was like, I don't give a shit. I, so, we need to do our Raw reviews every Monday we have because to do I need a time limit. Me too. I need to have a time to have yeah. it done by because, yeah, I'm going to waste my life. I was like show. looking up Boxing Day deals and uh, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> Are there any good deals? Um, yeah, I might get a selfie stick. Oh, no. awesome. So she punched through the glass ceiling while others had their faces pressed against it, called Stephanie's announcement, quote, the moment of the year. Replays it. She says she's probably watched this clip a hundred times, still gets chills. And to all the women, her message is, you're welcome. All this is happening because of her. Which, in a weird way, it, this is in the storyline, okay? Mm -hmm. As Alexa Bliss's character. Is she all that? Like, why does she care about the Royal Rumble that much? She's not in the match. Hmm. And if you oh, if you agree you are above all of these women, mm -hmm. I mean, are you really that invested in their achievement of being in this battle royal? Yeah. I mean, her, her promo should have been about defending and not giving a shit. Just like kind of... Should she not want to be part of this historic match? Hmm. Well, I mean, she was she had to come out here and cut a promo similar to what Charlotte cut. Identical. Yeah. Although Alexis was leagues better, I thought. Yeah. Um, I think they're just trying to still ride that wave of, you know, trying to milk the PR out of this announcement, and you got to have your champions come out and talk about it. Asuka interrupts. She's going to enter the Royal Rumble and will win because nobody is ready for Asuka, and Bliss is looking fearful and gets nailed with a head kick from Asuka. And this was when Alexa just stood there and shook off her shoulder and was standing there <laughs> because she's not really there. She was fine. <laughs> anyway, um, so do you like the movie? I liked it. I didn't... Um, I'm not a big Star Wars person, obviously. I thought the movie it went fast. Really? I won't lie. I saw this on Friday afternoon, and <laughs> all I was thinking about was all our stuff for the weekend. And that's what yeah. I pretty much spent three quarters of the movie when well, my mind was not even on this movie. Mm. The last 20 minutes, I thought I really enjoyed the last 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. I, I thought the everything up until the end, cool. it's, I, it's, I enjoyed. It's so interesting just seeing the, the disparity between the, what the critics thought and what, what the audience thought. Um, I don't know what the Rotten Tomato score is right now, but it's like it was like like fifty something last I checked, and the, and the critic score was like ninety three. Mm -hmm. I've never seen that. Wow! So anyway. I was satisfied with it. Me like too. It was. Um, I, I definitely liked the Force Awakens better, but I enjoyed I enjoyed everything in the last twenty minutes or so, and without getting into any specifics. Mm -hmm. When when can I talk about that? What did we say? Two three two months. Two, Two months? months? I'm going to forget know. about it. I'm gonna, I won't even remember I would my say opinion. That's a month. 
I shouldn't but, have even watched then, it. When people stop caring, then okay. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought Asuka did pretty well here. You know, kept her promo short and sweet, a few lines, great facial expressions, and then just got physical. Do you think there's any chance uh, on either brand of a title switch before the Rumble to get Charlotte or Alexa into the Rumble? Hmm, before the Rumble in the next six weeks. Um, those are two really big names to not have in the Rumble where you want to have... Well, then who do you put the belt on? I think it's almost less important who the champion is and more so who the winner of the Rumble is. And having So you think either Alexa or Charlotte should be winning? Not winning, but just to have... Especially Charlotte. I mean, so much of this is the promotion of this, right? Yeah. And Charlotte's kind of been one of the main faces of this. I mean, how do you even use these women on the Rumble? Do you just have them at ringside, or just True. they're not even in a wrestling role on the show? That's my. I mean, they should have a match. Really. I almost feel they're figuring this out as they go. Of what they still haven't announced the amount of but, women but, in but, it. But, but you kind of go through that with the men every year. Like your main eventer's the champion, or at least the champion can't be in the rumble. He has to have a match. He has to defend. Yeah, I get that. I just think you want as many of your stars in your division in there as possible. Yeah, but who do you? And Charlotte's a main one. But then who do you give the belt to? And I think Charlotte. I mean, I think it's important for the champions right now if they're going to defend at Mania to kind of stay strong champions. Well, at the moment, throw throw out Ronda Rousey and everyone talking about that. Who's going to win? Who wins? I would say Asuka of all of them. Asuka's probably... She has to remain undefeated. And who would be the second pick? This goes to my depth issue. Okay. Who can you envision winning outside of Asuka? I think... hmm, Let me think about this. Mm, Who would you main event the women's match with? Main event in quotations. I mean, it's a mid-card match at WrestleMania. I know. know. So, assuming Charlotte is the champion? Or assuming... uh, Look, I don't know who... Like, I think the believable ones that people could see winning are Asuka, Nia Jax... And I think it kind of ends there. Yeah. I mean, I would say pretty much like all three of the other four horsewomen aren't necessarily in that kind of If this this is me doing this and you have anything in place with Ronda Rousey and uh, I have Shayna Baszler Mm -hmm. in the Rumble Mm -hmm. and Ronda's in the front row, I would not be having her first match as part of the Rumble. That to me is mania and... You could do your angle at the well, rumble. A match is not a rumble is not a real match. Exactly. I wouldn't. I wouldn't waste Ronda in, in there. I don't think it'd be a waste. Mm. You have her come in. The cr- place starts freaking the freaking out. They're gonna freak out if they do an angle with her. True, but it's more impactful if she actually wins the rumble, and actually gets that WrestleMania title shot. Don't you think? She could be getting the other title shot. I, I don't oh, even think Ronda needs to be facing a champion. She doesn't, but if she is in her one of her first matches, isn't that all the better? Like, isn't that a, a like if isn't that just the what you want for a WrestleMania main event? Mm. I don't know if the title's a necessity at all for whatever you have planned with her. So you're saying rather than spend the title on Ronda Rousey, you can spread it out and yeah. make the other matches more important. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, sure, perhaps. Let's get back. Brock Lesnar will be on Raw next week in Miami. He's got three appearances before the Rumble, which based on last week, I, I hope they have some ideas. He's like, I'm not doing Christmas. Screw you guys. Like, Brock doing four Raws before the Rumble? That seems like a lot. He wasn't. He's not doing anything, though. He's just standing 
Exactly. Yeah. Does he need to be there? For the visual, I guess. The visual. Yeah. I don't know. I'm very curious what happens with with, the, with this contract being due of where where you go with Brock after this. Do you think this was a good year for him? Mm, I think it was a year that if he what if he was not around this past year. I mean, he had some matches that that was a great four way at SummerSlam. Certainly the star power gets hurt on some of those shows without having that marquee main event. He still brings that. Mm-hmm. Braun Strowman was a super interesting match going in. It was less appealing after the fact. Um, yeah, you lose something without him, but I don't think it breaks you. Hmm. I think it, it would have opened the door for them to get hot on some other guys. I think a Finn Balor would have benefited from no Brock around. I definitely think they're they're trying to build Braun into their own Brock that costs a lot less. It's a good theory. Have, it's not a younger. bad theory at all. Um, but Brock is definitely a difference maker for the pay-per-views. If, if you do Lesnar and Reigns at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and we suppose that Lesnar's deal is up shortly after WrestleMania, I would try and keep him around, and that's... And Braun. Braun beats him, sure, as a, and avenges the loss from like last September, where it's like Braun is this much more dangerous since learning mm-hmm. after the Lesnar loss, and yeah, that's an interesting theory about building Braun to somebody that um, is a full time Brock that mm-hmm. is maybe the closest guy to you're never going to have the Brock aura uh, on just any guy, but Braun has at least some of that. Mm-hmm. Main event was Sheamus and Cesaro against Jason Jordan and Seth Rollins for the tag titles. Uh, lengthy match in the main event slot. Uh, Sheamus and Cesaro double-teamed Rollins, who they got the heat on forever, which seems to be Rollins' role in tag matches now, is just get killed and killed and killed till you make the tag. Um, Jordan gets taken off the apron and driven into the barricade, so when Rollins finally gets to the corner after a DDT, Jordan is nowhere to be found. Jordan then returns, saving Rollins with a clothesline to Sheamus. Rollins kicks Cesaro away, Makes the tag to Jordan, and Jordan gets to do a hot tag fire-up, which is his specialty. Uh, he just repeatedly lifts Sheamus and just drives him back and forth to opposite ends of the turnbuckles, and then a running spear into the corner. This was a really impressive sequence, all of this, mm-hmm. ending with a belly-to-belly on Sheamus. Um, Cesaro and Sheamus come back. After a sharpshooter is applied to Jordan, Rollins yanks Sheamus to the floor and Cesaro lets go of the hold. They hit a doomsday device to Jordan. Rollins with a springboard gets caught by Cesaro, then gets to super kick him. Brogue kick is hit to Rollins. And then as the white noise is hit to Jordan, he runs at Rollins, then misses, goes into the steps. Cesaro hits a running uppercut to Rollins on the floor. And Cesaro just returns to the ring. Jordan is in, hoists him into the air, and comes down into a reverse neckbreaker. And Jordan pins Cesaro as they win the tag titles. And Jordan is the one that gets the pin to kind of establish him as here he beats someone. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, undoubtedly a storyline they came up with probably before this whole, or right after this whole Dean Ambrose things happened. I would assume maybe, maybe not, but it seems like it's a new storyline for everybody involved, Jason Jordan and Seth Rollins, and uh, it feels like the intent is probably to build to a match between the two. Yeah, I mean, what they, they weren't doing the... The odd couples thing at the end. It was both were holding each other's arms up and mm-hmm. on the same page. I think this is a good detour for Jason Jordan, where I guess it's any kind of connection to uh, the Shield will help 
a guy's get a negative reaction, although that's the reaction they want for Jordan. Yeah, they want him. Like, But I think they want to at least delay it now because they've got a big hole to fill with Dean Ambrose gone that this prolongs things. And I think Jordan being in this tag team, like Rollins has nothing going on. Jordan has nothing going on. So why don't we at least go with this? Jordan definitely had something going on. He's a prominent feature in pretty much every episode of Raw. Um, in like in previous week, weeks, they were trying to have him play the character of the guy who would go up against the big monsters and then he would get his ass kicked and then claim that, hey, I almost had him. I almost had him. I got a far smaller sense of that on this show. Here, he felt like very legitimate. He felt like he was able to actually, you know, hold his own against uh, uh, all these guys and be an actual threat in the ring. So it feels like it's almost like a different character, slightly. And I, I'm kind of curious to see where it where it ends. Overall, way, what did you think of uh, the Christmas oh edition of Raw? I mean, this, the 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 episode was really long, and I'm sure this review is getting really long too. I, so. I don't even want to look. Uh, I think. The fact that I couldn't skip through commercials only meant that I had to watch more filler. They certainly didn't fill that commercial space with more meaningful content. Um, it's, it's, yeah. It, I didn't think it was worth missing Christmas for. <laughs> what a great way to uh, summarize this three-plus-hour edition of Raw. All right, uh, Way, why don't you tell us how we are now doing feedback? We are now going to take feedback from the new forum.postwrestling.com message board. And the feedback on air, because we actually have a lot of it, uh, we are choosing to make it a perk, a bonus for people who are patrons of our Patreon. And once you log in, you should be able to see the Post Wrestling Cafe forum. And there you'll find the feedback thread, including the feedback thread for this particular edition of Raw, which we'll get to right now. All right. So to our patrons we go. And let's start us off hey, with... let's start off with the poll. Yes. Wait, this is great. I think we should do this for all the shows. Way asked on a scale of 10, how would you rate WWE Raw from Christmas night? And of the voters, the average is 5.42 it just passed we get specific 5.42 5.42 edition overall i think that this this logging yeah great first job for the archivist logging oh you mean like the raw what's the raw average okay interesting well he is we have our new rating system let's not give him any more work unless he okay i'm only strongly suggesting that's it it's also basically you can call it a 54.2 fresh rating yes what this is yeah you could it's better than uh worse than star wars actually let's go and hear from andrew first from nova scotia by the way if you want the real names you can actually click on the thing their names well, he he identified himself as Andrew from Nova Scotia, oh, yeah. so I don't think he wants anyone to know yeah, anything right. more than what he's already disclosed. 
The show was okay. I kind of wish that one heel would stop the CM Punk chants by talking about how Mickey Gall was their favorite fighter. Elias could have even sang a song about him. I guess it's too far removed from his last fight, but I'm sure some people would react well to it. It would be interesting to see how many watched. If only WWE had such engagement, where, for example, if they had 622 Facebook likes and 457 Patreon donors, (laughs) that would be an insane amount of viewership. Five out of ten show. Noah from Vaughn, for a Christmas episode of Raw, I thought it wasn't too bad. I loved the main event with Jordan and Rollins pulling off the upset. Interested to see what happens when Ambrose gets back. Also, good to see Broken Matt in front of a live crowd. Chicago seemed excited to see him laugh like a maniac. Good show overall, 7 Booker T chants out of 10. Alright, next up here from Mystic Geek. It was a decent show for a Christmas night. Several cool angles were set up with Joe and Roman, Asuka, Jordan, and Seth winning the titles. Cena was pretty sloppy. I know he is coming in cold in that, but the match didn't feel crisp at all, and his kickouts in particular were lazy. Yeah, I didn't think either looked good in that match. We got a beggar who says, After listening to previous versions of the show for years without feedback, this one milk, one sugar I got at the post-wrestling cafe is putting me in a writing mood. Unfortunately, the topic is the Christmas Raw, when I could be talking about my Christmas haul. I never thought I'd get a Super Nintendo Classic. Did you know the Super Nintendo Classic has Street Fighter 2 included? A cast of 12 characters, and all of them would be more over than this current roster, except for maybe Asuka, who would fit right into the game. I don't think the Chicago crowd could have been any deader for that Hideo Itami GTS spot. They missed the mark on that by a good 30 months or so. It was good to see Goldust backstage for the Santa's Little Helper regifting segment, even though with his gold bodysuit, all I could focus on was his gift bag. The Cruiserweight Street Fight was just there, like so many Impact X, X Division Hall holiday gimmick matches 4 out of 10 raw with the Super Nintendo Classic getting a solid 8 out of 10 Jalen writes in from Pickering definitely felt like a holiday episode finished watching the show and it felt like nothing happened besides the main event no stories were really advanced which makes me question why they had Cena on this show hopefully they get into proper Royal Rumble build next week Sucks to see Ambrose go down, but the silver lining is that he did need a change. Early prediction says he comes back as a heel. Seth is the one that dove dove into him to cause the initial injury. Seth won the tag titles with someone else. Roman's beating Brock at Mania for the title. He can say that they moved on and replaced him. They definitely set up a few things with with Seth for that. Hmm. If people are hungry for another Dean-Seth feud, Mm -hmm. maybe Ambrose this time as the heel, as the babyface, would be better. I think Dean certainly... That would be a direction I would look for with him. Yeah. Um, and regardless of the time he's away, I think that you do want to make some adjustments to mm, that guy. Might be the perfect timing for it. Who, by the way, when you look at um, the guys who have had the most matches in a year, Daniel Bryan first pointed this out. Like he had it in 2013, had all the next stuff the following year. Cesaro then in 2014 was the Iron Man. Hurt the next year and out for a long time with a shoulder injury. And then Ambrose was the most matches in 2015 and 16. And just before this year ends, he gets hurt. Is that something they recognize officially? And on like the website or anything like that? Number of matches? Yeah. No, it's outside stuff. It's all fan stuff. But cage match. To me, like stuff like that is something you should be legitimately... Like the Slammy Award should make awards for something like that. that the Iron can, Man Award. Yeah, Why for not? sure. That you can legitimately use to promote some guys. It's like a tagline for a guy that's probably... He's like your workhorse guy, but not often the most push guy. Like Cesaro in 2014. And these are things that like fans would never realize otherwise. And somebody like Ambrose could, I think, use a stat like that to really, I don't know, gain some traction. It's a cool little stat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who has wrestled the most minutes? How about that? Wow. Is that a stat, too? Man. 
the Arkham who has Avengers. been on TV the most? Who has said the most words? Bray Wyatt. Yeah, 180 hours. All right, we have a bit of this. Okay, we go to Jeremy. First of all, I love this Cafe Double Double. Two milks, two, two sugars, but still not enough to sweeten this raw. I enjoyed seeing Heath on TV, possibly in an angle that might go somewhere, unless it was killed on a meaningless Christmas raw. Title change felt like a move to make a move, so people who spent Christmas with family will feel like they missed out. Next up is Trey from Chicago. This Raw felt more like a normal holiday episode with that title change thrown in to give a little something extra. The change itself was a little baffling as you have a fan favorite in Seth Rollins paired up with a guy that is colder with the crowd than Glacier in Jason Jordan. It will be interesting to see how they play that out in the coming weeks. As for the Wyatt Hardy segment, that felt like a slight change from what they've been doing between the two in the past few weeks. I'm interested to see where it goes from here. All in all, not a bad Raw for a Christmas episode, but below an average but below average for a normal episode, I'll give it five. Laughing Woken Matt Hardy's out of ten. We get a Harry who says the show is pretty good. Dark match after the show was Kane versus Strowman in the last man standing match that lasted about six minutes or so. That first segment basically took up half an hour of the show. Ladies six man match was good and the main event was good. At the end, Angle came out to congratulate Jason and Seth. I enjoyed it. Mr. Harris, this episode of Raw was nothing special. The first segment went far too long for me, and I wonder how the ratings will hold for the commercial-free first hour. Did they mention that Stephanie announced the women's Rumble match often enough? Hope to see Cedric Alexander continue to be focused on and was glad to see the Hardy-Wyatt interaction escalate. 5 out of 10. Victor from Sofia, Bulgaria. You already know where I'm going with this. You can't have a Christmas episode of anything without the real star of... Of the real holiday, Rusev Day. Hopefully they'll have an epic segment in SmackDown. With that said, Raw was not that hard to sit through, especially when you have been eating for the last couple of days and can't get up off the couch. 6 out of 10 because there was no Rusev and they did not have Sheamus in his reindeer costume. Yes, happy birthday to Rusev on Christmas Day. Sam in Manchester in the United Kingdom. If anyone can tell me why this Raw had to be live, I would love to hear it. Bad to okay throughout, in very much a holding pattern, aside from a title change few would care about. The show is the equivalent of dry turkey on Christmas Day after your least favorite cousin used up the last of the gravy. Wow. Harsh from Sam. Zeki asked, did you notice JoJo skipping the part of the introductions where she says one fall? Yeah, they don't want that anymore for the audience. They don't want the audience to, to participate. Mm. God forbid. Let me do the last one. Matt for says, Early morning thoughts from London. I'll try to keep it positive as it doesn't seem right being overly negative at Christmas. I really like Joe and Reigns. Just two big Samoans trying to beat the shit out of each other. I assume we get a no DQ main event. The crowd seemed very into broken, Woken Matt Hardy and I'm pleased they've finally given him license to go 100% with his new direction. They do need to start moving things along with Wyatt now though. A match or some kind of ultimatum so they're working towards something. Lastly, poor Finn Balor, being from the UK and a massive progress fan, sorry, progress fan, progress. I, I'd love to get your thoughts on what you think has caused his career to stall and if you see this company or if you see this as a temporary thing or he is he now viewed at this lower mid-card level? I think with Finn, it's just he's not, he's not a part of any feud at the moment. He's just doing these quick squash matches on television. I don't think he's necessarily... Um, in any kind of uh, dire straits or anything. He's just, he's not a focused guy. I think they were intending on him to to be that focused guy, though, for this particular Rumble. But I think there's some things holding him back. I don't think his promos are connecting with the audience. He just looks cool. But, like, uh, the demon thing, 
I think is cool as well, but there's not enough substance to it. It's just something visual right now. Um, but I would say those are the main things holding him back. You know? Is he all that different from Nakamura, that you have these interesting yeah, presentations no. of guys, but very little mm-hmm. character development, any acknowledgement of who these people are, and that it, there's there's it, a certain... Completely. There's a certain ceiling to where yeah. these characters have gone on on the main roster. Yeah, and I think you could, I guess you could blame the company. Uh, you could blame maybe a number of factors. But in NXT, these were people that I think didn't necessarily need as much because they were already known from their uh, previous backgrounds. But then again, NXT did some great character pieces on... The Balor Lego stuff. Yes. Like, uh, we joke... What what has come close to that on the main roster nothing. for Finn Balor? Absolutely nothing. Nor for nor for Shinsuke. So they could definitely be doing a whole lot more. In those they didn't even do that in NXT with Nakamura. Like they've never. But dove... they didn't need to. He was they... already over. Yeah, but now he needs something. Yeah. Like I've certainly. said before, the idea of like think of think of an equivalent. Like think of like if you know a decade ago, mm-hmm. Edge is at the top of his game in the WWE. Mm-hmm. And he gave his notice because he had this dream of going to compete in New Japan. And was like, what? You're like made here. You are like a franchise player in this company. And I know mm-hmm. Nakamura and Edge not exactly the easiest equivalent, but I'm making it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's interesting. Like what prompts you to do that? Totally. Yeah. We talk about, look at CM Punk, okay? There's a better one, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, CM Punk leaves the WWE. Gigantic star. You're going to be a main player for years as long as your body holds up, and you're going to quit and go into something completely different. What a fascinating story. Like, Nakamura did essentially that while staying within the same industry, uprooted his family mm-hmm. to go work in these in front of 200 people in Florida mm-hmm. and then go to the main roster. None of that's been delved yeah. into. None of that's been... Like, Why? What did your yeah. family think of this? How has uh, moving across the world or, impacted you? I mean, forget like Shinsuke. Like, what about this Hideo Itami, who's who has a story? He's been in your company for three years, and injury after injury has sidelined him. Whereas people uh, like Kevin Owens, like Shinsuke, have come in after him and have already achieved greater success than he has. I think there's a ton of drama there, but they're not diving into any of that stuff. And all this stuff, I feel like, is all really cool and something that probably maybe another generation of producer will do. But it's just not Vince McMahon's style of pro wrestling. He doesn't really dive, I guess, into reality that he doesn't see as marketable or maybe that he doesn't even understand. And that's unfortunate because I think a lot of these people would probably be maybe maybe a bit more successful if, if they were to rely on reality a bit more. That is going to bring an end to the very first edition of Rewind, Rewind Raw. But we will be back later on this week on Wednesday to do Smackdown, <laughs> which I think people know the name of it. Rewind to Smackdown. We'll be coming out on Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday afternoon, we are going to be back chatting about that. Then Friday, for our One Milk, One Sugar crew and above, we will be reviewing the 2005 Survivor Series. So if you want to get in on the fun before Friday hits, patreon.com slash postwrestling. And then Sunday, free show for everybody. It is the best of 2017. Hey, we we forgot. 
Oh, sorry, we didn't forget. My dates are all fucked up. Never mind, that's next week. Okay. Sorry. The best of 2017. Yes. We're going to end it there. We're not going to promote too much mm-hmm. beyond that. But that is coming up this week. Uh, that best of show with myself, waiting. We will also be joined by Jason Agnew and Dan Lebransky, the four of us, going through the absolute best of the past 12 months. Looking forward to that. As always, postwrestling.com, forum.postwrestling.com. Patreon.com slash postwrestling. Those are your go-to spots. And again, thank you for an overwhelming introduction to post-wrestling. It's been a phenomenal number of days. Let's keep it going. And we will chat with you on Wednesday. And I'm afraid to look at the length of this first show. And Samoa Joe now just teeing off on Roman Reigns. Little softball right here, jabs. They don't look like a whole lot, but over a period of time, trust me, it throws off your equilibrium. Booker, what in the hell is a southpaw right-hand jab? A southpaw's a lefty. I've given up, Corey, as Joe continues to deliver the forearms to the face of Reigns.